Welcome to the Peavine Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Joel Sutherland. We take timeless biblical truth and help you to apply it in the context of your daily life. If you'd like to join us live at one of our campuses or stream one of our services online, go to peavine.org for times, locations, and more information. Thank you for being here this morning. Now, if you're watching online, I know there are a lot of people watching online this morning. As a matter of fact, COVID is kind of going through the area again. And so if you're watching online, home at sick in bed, we're glad you join us. Now, I'm going to do something. Today's sermon is a little bit different. And I want to say a word to the people in the room and then a word to people online about it. If you're in a room somewhere here at Rossville and... Um, uh, you picked up that connection card earlier under that stack of green cards. Only get that one. There's another larger half page card. Would you take one of those and pass it down your row? And then would you take an ink pen? There are ink pens in back of the chairs. If you don't have one, grab one. Please leave it after the service uh, for the next uh, 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 service. But uh, grab an ink pen, grab that paper. Now, if you're watching online, here's what we're going to do. We're going to drop the link into the chat box so you can actually print off what we have in here. Uh, you can print it off right now. Now, if you don't have a printer, then just grab a sheet of paper and you can go along with us as you go through the process we're going to go through today. And I know that may take you a minute. So while you're doing that, I'm going to take 10 minutes and pray that Georgia beats Alabama tomorrow night. All right, let's go. Father, no, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to do that. So, um, uh, hey, I'm starting a sermon series today called RE, and over the next three weeks, we're going to look at how to get 2022 started off correctly. Today, we're going to do a review. Uh, to, next week, I'm going to talk about a redo. Like when you've messed up really badly, how do you get a redo? And then the, uh, two weeks from now, I'm going to talk about a renew, how to get off to a fresh start in 2022. So um, today, let's do a review. And I, I'm going to walk through it. Please don't be looking ahead. Just um, uh, hold on to it and look at me for just a moment. Most of you have heard of John Wesley, who was a student. Uh, as a matter of fact, did a lot of work in the state of Georgia. But when John Wesley, who founded the Methodist Church, and I'll tell you how they got that name in a moment, was a student at Oxford, he and a few friends decided to go hardcore about their faith in what was becoming a secularized college context. And so they decided to go hardcore on their faith, and um, John Wesley was kind of, that was a group that he started. And he started this group that met every day on Oxford uh, University. And so here is what the United Methodist Church says about them. The group met daily from 6 in the morning until 9 for prayer, Psalms, reading of the Greek New Testament. They prayed every waking hour for several minutes and each day for a specific, special virtue. While the church's prescribed attendance was only three times a year, they took communion every Sunday. They fasted on Wednesdays and Fridays and until three o'clock, it was commonly observed in the ancient church. In 1730, the group began the practice of visiting prisoners in prison. They preached, educated, and relieved debtors whenever possible and cared for the sick. And so as part of that group meeting every day and going about this process, they systematically brought their lives under a strict review. And John Wesley created a list of 22 questions. 
that members in that meeting ask themselves every day. Their fellow Oxonians wrote them off as religious fanatics. And they gave them, as an insult, the name the Holy Club. We know them as the Holy Club today. They called them other things. They called them Bible Moss, Bible Enthusiasts, and others. The name that actually stuck with them was the name Methodist. But they originally began to be known as the Holy Club. The club never got beyond 25 members. But of those 25 members was John Gambold, who became a Moravian bishop. Then there was James Clayton, who became a distinguished Anglican uh, churchman. Then there was uh, James Hervey, who became a religious writer. Then Benjamin Ingham, who became a noted evangelist in his day. And finally, out of the group, he joined later in the group, but George Whitfield, who was part of, of the Great Awakening in America and the Evangelical Revival in England. The two brothers that started it were, first of all, John Wesley. He founded the Methodist Church and became a circuit-riding preacher starting in the state of Georgia. As a matter of fact, John Wesley rode so much on horseback that if you strung together all the miles he rode on horseback, he could have circled the earth ten times. He was a meticulous administrator. He kept detailed records. We know that when he died, he had 294 preachers called to the ministry under his ministry, that there were 19 missionaries under his care, and that over 43,000 Americans had joined the Methodist Church. And then there was Charles Wesley, who you know is also a preacher, but he published 4,500 hymns and left some 3,000 in manuscript. Handel wrote the music for Several of his hymns. Some of those you know. Come thou long expected Jesus. Hark the herald angels sing. Christ the Lord is risen today. Soldiers of Christ arise. Oh for a thousand tongues to sing. That was the holy club. Men who became missionaries. Preachers. Song hymn writers. And even started a denomination. It all started. Because every day they met. And ask themselves 22 questions. Those questions gave them a review of where they were spiritually in their lives. So I want us to do that today. I'm not asking you to do it every day, though I want you to keep this piece of paper you're writing on. But I want us to do a review today. And when we do our review, let's look back at 2021 and let's answer the questions for the past year. What does, what did 2021 look like? Now, in some cases, just a very few, I've had to change the question slightly just to reflect a year. In some cases, I just left it as it was. Because examining ourselves is supposed to be a real part of the Christian life, right? Like this review is something we're supposed to do all the time. As a matter of fact, Paul said this, test yourselves to see if you're in the faith. Examine yourselves. 
Do you yourselves not recognize that Jesus Christ is in you unless you fail the test? Test yourself. Examine yourself. Here's what we're going to do today. We're going to test ourselves and we're going to examine ourselves as we do a review. Now, let me help you with this review. All right? Look this way. Watch it online. Pay attention. Number one, know this. You have to be honest. I'm not going to ask you to put your name in the right-hand corner and turn it in. I'm not going to ask you to go over the results with your husband, your wife, your friend, your parents. As a matter of fact, don't you ask for anybody else's sheet to look at. You look at yours so that you'll be honest with your review. Number two, answer for yourself and not someone else. Some of you are already thinking, I'm glad he's doing this for my husband. I've looked at some of these questions and uh, no, no, this is for you. And number three, we're going to ask for the Holy Spirit's guidance along the way. Now, there are 22 questions. I don't have time to give you a Bible verse for all 22 questions. As a matter of fact, I'm not even going to try. I'm going to trust this morning that when you see the question, you can recognize the biblical principle that goes with it. So, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a review. Whether you're online, do it at home. Whether you're in the room or here at Rossville, you do it in the room. And here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go over the question briefly and then I'm going to tell you how to answer the question. I'm actually going to help you answer the question. I'm not going to tell you uh, uh, what to say. I'm just going to tell you how to answer it to kind of put it in context for yourself. What's the easiest way for this to speak to our hearts? You with me? Let me pray. Father, I've never done anything like this before, uh, a review. I've done it personally. I've looked over my own life, but I've never systematically just written out questions and answered them until I got to this place and read this story about John Wesley. So help us to do it today. Help us to be honest. Help us to answer for ourselves. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd open up our hearts and lives to really speak to us through this today. Lord, it's hard for us to trust our own hearts. You said our own heart is desperately wicked, but our our prayer is this morning that you would open our hearts and help us to be honest with ourselves and with you about where we stand in the Christian faith. In Jesus' name. Let me ask you the first question. Number one is this. Am I consciously or unconsciously creating the impression that I'm better than I really am? In other words... Am I a hypocrite? Now, don't answer yet. Because the fact is, you probably have people fooled. Can I tell you this? There's a difference between looking good and being good. The gap between looking good and being good is called hypocrisy. The gap between what you, pe- what you want people to think about you and what you really are is called hypocrisy. Are you trying to create the impression that you're really better than what you are? I mean, would your family recognize church, Joel? Fill in your name. So here's how I want you to ask it. I want you to think about it for a moment. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to write down a percentage. Here's what I mean. Who you are on the outside is blank percentage of who you really are on the inside. I mean, we all have some hypocrisy in us. How much do you have? Just guess. Just ask God to show you. 
how much hypocrisy is in your life. Number two, let me ask you this question. Am I honest in all my acts and words or do I, get, get how John Wesley answer, asked the question, exaggerate. Not lie, exaggerate. He even condemned exaggeration. That is 100% honesty. Honest with your spouse, honest with your parents, honest with yourself. So here's what I want you to do. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being totally honest, rate yourself on your honesty. Number three. Do I confidentially pass on to another what was told to me in confidence? It relates back to the honesty question. Are you keeping confidence of those people who are around you? When somebody comes up to you and says, hey, I want to tell you something and I want you to pray with me about it, but please don't tell anybody else, can you be trusted? On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best, rate yourself on how well you keep confidence number four can I be trusted hold on look look this way that that is such for a short phrase that's such a penetrating question Let, let me elaborate for you can you be trusted to do the right thing Can you be trusted to make the right decision? Can you be trusted with money? Can you be trusted with the opposite sex? Can you be trusted to live out the life you're portraying behind the scenes when nobody's watching? Can you be trusted? On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best, how trustworthy are you? Number five, am I a slave to dress, friends, work, or habits? Paul said this in Romans 1.1. He said, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. Paul literally said, uh, Paul, a slave of Jesus. Paul was only a slave to Jesus, not fashions, not friends, not work, not habits. Jesus came first. Now, here's the question. Here's really the question. What are the things you care about the most? Here's what I want you to do in question number five. Write down the top five things you care about the most. You say, well, preacher, how do I know what I care about the most? Here you know, here you know. Where do you spend your time? Where do you spend your money? Where is your attention always lying? Five things, write them down. What are the the five things you care about the most? Be honest, be honest. Don't put God at the top if you're not, God's not on your mind all day long. For most of us, Jesus won't even make the list, if we're honest. Number six, am I self-conscious, self-pitying, or self-justifying? Notice the prime word here, self. Too much time on self. Are you self-conscious, that is, constantly enamored with you instead of investing in others? Are you self-pitying, a woe-is-me mentality, a victim mentality and attitude? 
Are you self-justifying, always making excuses for all of your failures instead of owning them? This question is freestyle. I want you to spend 30 seconds here and I'm just going to be quiet. Spend some time here and write out where you think you are in sentence form. You may say, I I am self-justifying. I never take advice and I always push my failures off on somebody else and I'm always making excuses. That type sentence, spend 30 seconds and write out how God spoke to your heart. Number seven, did the Bible live in me today, last year, we'll say? Was the Word of God alive in your heart and life last year? Was your living changed because of the Bible you read? How much Bible did you actually read? On a scale of one to ten, ten being the best, how important was the Bible to you in 2021? How much time... Did you spend in the Word and letting the Word live in you? Scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best. Answer that honestly. Number 8 goes along with it. Did I give the Bible time to speak to me every day? Do you spend time in the Word and let it marinate in your mind and in your heart until it speaks to you? So here's the question, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best, how much time did you spend meditating on the things of God daily last year? Meditating. That is, you took a verse, you just ruminated on it in your mind over and over again throughout the day. Number nine, am I enjoying prayer? (laughs) I love how he words these questions, John Wesley. Not just praying, but enjoying prayer. Is is your time with the Lord fresh, exciting, relational? Are you seeing prayers answered in your life? Do you look forward to your time in prayer? Are you even spending time in prayer? On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best. In 2021, how much did you enjoy prayer? Number 10, when did I last speak to someone about my faith? When's the last time you spoke to someone about their spiritual condition? When's the last time you even thought about bringing it up? When was the last time you invited someone to church? You texted them or you gave them a card or you uh, invited them to watch online? Here's what I want you to do here on this question. I want you to estimate how many times in 2021 you invited somebody to church last year. Just estimate. How many times in 2021, how many people did you invite to church? Think about it just a moment. 
And when you're done with that, would you write down at least two names? Two names of some people you should be inviting to church? Number 11, do I pray about the money I spend? Good financial stewardship is a hallmark of a faithful Christian. Spending well, saving well, giving your tithes and your offerings, all of that is the hallmark of a good, sound Christian. It requires us to pray about the, our, the money we spend. So let's do this. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best. How reflective is your bank account of a Christian? If Jesus examined your checkbook, would he see anything invested in him and his kingdom? Scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best. And then to go along with that, yes or no, are you returning the Lord's tithe to him? Yes or no? Nobody's going to say this but you. That's good financial stewardship. You say, preacher, I don't have the money to tithe. Here's what I love about tithing and the word of God. My wife and I feel like we, we, we can't afford not to tithe. And there's a, there's a verse in Proverbs that says this. I read it every month and I love it. And there's a verse in Proverbs that says, return the Lord his tithe and your barns will be plenty. plenty. Now, seriously, paraphrase that. Here's what I have written out beside that. I have written out beside it. Cash this check. It's a check being written by God. If you'll give your tithes. I love this one, number 12. Do I go to bed on time and get up on time? Here he's speaking of a disciplined life. If you'll get a hold of the throne of heaven, here's what you'll believe. Every minute is important in your life. How much of it do you waste? So many people say, well, preacher, I can't get up early. If you went to bed at a decent hour and turned off the television. I read a quote last night. Anybody ever heard of Leonard Ravenhill? Anybody, any, any of the old timers ever heard of Leonard Ravenhill? The reason I say old timers, he was a revivalist years and years and decades ago. But he's famous in preacher circles for his quotes. And I read this quote to Sherry last night. Uh, here's what he said. How can we expect to pull down demonic strongholds? When we don't have the strength to turn off the television. Go to bed on time, you'll find you'll have time in the morning. So on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best, how disciplined is your time life? Number 13, how about this? Do I disobey God in anything? So what does that mean? Here's what that means. Last year, did you look at God and say, I'm going to do what I'm going to do, and I'm going to completely ignore it? Now, you wouldn't have said that out loud. You're too afraid, but you said it in reality. Did you disobey God in anything? So I want you to spend a moment here in quiet reflection, 30 seconds. What were the big things you disobeyed God in last year? Have you sought forgiveness, and have you forsaken them? Sought forgiveness, have you forsaken them? Spend 30 seconds and just... Write something down the Holy Spirit brings to your heart.
Number 14. Do I insist upon doing something about which my conscience is uneasy? How many times have we plowed through our conscience? When your inner voice was screaming at you or even whispering at you to stop a course of action, the conscience is the Holy Spirit. I tell this to my wife all the time, and, and, and this is going to sound a little hyper-spiritual, and I don't, I don't mean it that way, but there are all the times in my life when I feel the Lord tell me to do something mundane, literally, like, like I, I don't even know how to describe it. It would be like this. It'd be like, uh, pick up those keys and take them with you. And I'll be like, I don't see any need to pick those keys up. Why would I want the keys to that particular car, whatever it may be? I say, I don't, I don't need those. I don't want to leave it. And then I go out, and before the day's over, I needed that set of keys where I was. And, I, and it happens to me all the time. And I'm trying my best to be, and that's a silly illustration, but I'm trying my best to be more sensitive when the Holy Spirit speaks in my heart just to listen in the mundane things of life. So that goes along with that question. Do I insist upon something about which my conscience is uneasy? And on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best, here's what I want you to answer. How responsive are you to the Holy Spirit's leading in your life? 1 to 10, 10 being the best, how responsive are you to the Holy Spirit's leading in your life number 15 man what a question am I defeated in any part of my life is there any part of your life that you do not have control over a habit a relationship is there some part in your life where the devil or the enemy has you whipped? Here's what I want you to do. Take 15 seconds, and I want you to write it down. Here, there's power in just acknowledging you're defeated so you can overcome it. Write it down. Where am I defeated? Maybe a habit, maybe a sin, maybe a relationship. Number 16, am I jealous, impure, critical, irritable, touchy, or distrustful? Here's what I want to say. This question is all about attitude. It's all about attitude. Are you jealous of things others have? Do you have impure thoughts? Are you critical of others? Are you irritable with your family, with your coworkers, with your friends? Are you touchy? None of which are attributes of the child of God. So here's, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best, rate your attitude. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best, rate your attitude. Why don't you rate it the way your spouse would rate it? Or your parents? Or your kids? Number 17, how do I spend my spare time? Is it productive, wasteful, trouble? Does your spare time need to be moderated? Again, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best. How well do you spend your spare time? We've talked about that a little bit. Number 18, am I proud? You say, preacher, I'm not proud. I'm the most humble person I know. That's called pride. You can recognize a proud person. Assume you know everything. You won't listen to advice. You're too good to do lowly work. 
Your favorite topic of conversation is yourself. You think you're better than others. You can't receive constructive criticism. You won't submit to the authorities God has placed in your life. You justify your sin. You're always finding fault with others. That is pride. So on a scale of 1 to 10, okay, hear me. This will be a little different. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the most prideful you could possibly be and 1 being humble. You're going to have a hard time with this one, aren't you? Rate, rate how prideful you are. Ten being the most proud you could possibly be and one being humble. Rate, rate your pride. Number 19 goes along with it. Do I thank God that I'm not as other people, especially as the Pharisees who despise the publican? It's another sign of pride. So here's this question. Is there anyone in life you look down on? If there is, could be a class or a group of people. Write it down. Number 20. Is there anyone whom I fear, dislike, disown, criticize, hold a resentment toward, or disregard? If so, what am I doing about it? Something that needs to be dealt with, a conversation that needs to be had, a relationship that you need to uh, 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 work on? Are you too critical, angry over a past wrong? So here's the question, number 20. Hold on, spin, stay here for a second. Who do you need to make amends with? Write it down. Who do you need to the best of your ability to make amends with? Make amends with. Write it down. Family member, coworker, person from your past. Number 21, do I grumble or complain constantly? The terrible habit of ingratitude. Do you, compl- do you complain to your spouse, about your spouse? Do you complain about your job, your situation in your life, your family? On a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you complain? 1, not being much at all. Ten being a whole lot of complaining, how much do you complain? Open your heart to the Lord. You say, preacher, I have a reason. No, no, we're not asking for reasons. How much do you complain? In 2020, uh, 20, question 22 in 2022. What a powerful question to end with. Is Christ real to me? Are you 100% sure that you are a child of God and you're going to heaven when you die? If you are, what was your walk with God like in 2021? Is Christ an activity or a relationship? If you needed God, do you feel like you could call on him today and he would answer? On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best. 1 to 10, 10 being the best. Take a moment and rate your relationship with Jesus. Take a moment and rate your relationship with Jesus. In 2021, what was your relationship with Jesus like?
Max Dupree said this, famously said this. It's quoted over and over. The first step of any leader is to define reality. You are a leader of yourself. What is your spiritual reality? So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me and close your eyes with that piece of paper that you filled out in your hands. Well, maybe I'll say bow your heads. I want you to take a moment and look over your list. Review what your 2021 was like, your life. And I want you to take just a moment and define your reality. If you're watching online, do the same thing at home. You've put it in print. What is your spiritual reality? Take just a few seconds and just look over all 22, 22 questions. And when you've done that at home, watch it online, I want you to take a few moments and spend it with the Lord and just review your 2021. Maybe find a place to go off in a room by yourself and just spend a moment with God looking at 2021 and moving into 2022, what needs to change. And Jeremy, I'll have a word for you just now. Thank you, Pastor Joel, for that incredible message. Review. Look back. Look at your life, evaluate where you're at, where you've been, where God has you right now. And, it, and it's one thing to evaluate, but then you've got to do something about it. You've got to look at the areas where you're deficient, uh, where you need to make improvements in your life spiritually, and you've got to take action. God calls us to take action to draw closer to Him in our personal relationship with Him. And so um, I've been convicted this morning um, as we've gone through that list together. And um, I'm asking God to do some new things in my life this year. Maybe you're watching and you've never, uh, you've never began a relationship with Jesus. Man, it begins with you understanding that you're a sinner. You've offended God with your sin, your disobedience to Him, and your sin has separated you from Him. The truth is there's nothing you can do to fix it, but God did something to fix it. He sent Jesus to die on the cross to pay for your sins. You've got to be willing to admit that you're a sinner and believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay for your sin and that His blood covers all of your sin. And then Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 says, We believe in our hearts and we confess with our mouth and we will be saved. And you've got to do that. I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. And if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, man, as we are in the very first month of uh, 2022, there's no better time than you than now for you to turn your heart and life over to Him. If God's spoken to your heart and you need to do that this morning, tell God this, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm sorry for my sin. I believe that Jesus died on the cross, that He was buried, and on the third day, he rose again, conquering sin, death, and hell for me. And God, right now, I ask you to come into my heart, take away my sin, and be my Savior. Lord, I give my life to you in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer this morning for the very first time and you meant it, I want to tell you, welcome to the family. We want to connect with you. We want to help you take next steps on your faith journey with Jesus and so if you would, if you ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior this morning, then I want you to shoot a text with just your name in it 
to the number 423-800-1871. The number's on the screen. Just shoot a text to that number with your name in it. I want to connect with you personally this week. That's my cell phone number and um, let you know uh, what the next steps are for you to take on your faith journey with Jesus. We also want to send you some information in the mail. So if you'll just text us, we'll do that um, this week. Hey, I've enjoyed being together this morning. Um, I've enjoyed our time together and I can't wait to see you next week. God bless you. Have a great week. We hope that you've enjoyed the message this week as we help equip you to apply God's word to your daily life. For the latest updates about what's happening around Peavine City, be sure to connect with us on social media. For more information about Peavine, to get in touch with us or check out one of our services, visit us at peavine.org. Thanks for listening.